0: Yeah, let's be a life, no gimmick. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? How's it going? Welcome back to the Triple S Podcast. We're back for yet another NFL recap. In this one, we're doing week nine in the NFL. And for the first time, the first time in my podcasting career, I'm dropping an episode where the Dolphins have a game that they've won. People, it's happened. I predicted it too in my uh, predictions for week 9. I knew they were going to beat the Jets. Uh, so I just thought I'd lead off with that. I got my Dolphins shirt on for those who are just uh, just listening, not watching. Incredible weekend for, for me being a Dolphins fan. So we'll get right into it on that note. Uh, we'll, we'll skip over the Thursday night game. We'll start with the Dolphins game. Uh, they had a home game against the Jets. And they were able to come away with a 26-18 to 18 win. And um, I mean, for the past, however long, we, the past nine weeks, every game I've said that the Dolphins have had a chance or they've shown flashes where they don't look like they're the worst team in the NFL. And I think that now that they've actually went through and won a game, it was against the Jets, but I mean, if you're the Dolphins, you take what you can get. Um, I think that that's kind of validated that, hey, listen, they're not they might not be as bad as what everyone has kind of put them out to be. We're, we don't have talent, but I think that we're a well coached team. I, I saw something today, actually, that uh, was saying that the Dolphins have the least penalties accepted against them in the league. It's either first or second. So uh, Brian Flores is doing a great job keeping that team disciplined. I believe he, he started something in practice uh, where he has a penalty wall. Where any time in practice you make a mental mistake, uh, or it, what is it? It's a, it's a takes no talent. It's a TNT wall. So it takes no talent. So any kind of mental error that takes no talent to make that error. So jumping offside, uh, false start, uh, anything that it's, it's not a mistake you make because you don't have the skill. It's just because it, it was a, a mental error. They run to that wall and back. And I think it's a pretty far wall. So whatever he's doing over there is working. Um, they are... They, they're, they're showing signs that that would lead to a positive future. So, uh, and getting that win is definitely a big monkey off the back for Flores. Uh, he dedicated that win to his mom. So shout out to the Dolphins and shout out to Coach Flo. Big win. Uh, let's stop winning though. Let's get uh, let's get a high drop pick. All right. So moving on, we'll jump back to the Thursday night game, and uh, it was a way better game than I expected, and I think a lot of people expected. San Francisco, the uh, lone undefeated team, traveled to Arizona and they played the uh, the Arizona Cardinals and they came away with a slim 28-25 to 25 win. Uh, I liked a lot of the things that uh, Kyler Murray was able to do, even against a really solid San Francisco defense. Um, I believe on my last NFL recap episode, I predicted that they would completely shut him down. He wouldn't have a good game, but that wasn't the case. Uh, he threw... I think maybe one or two touchdown passes. He had a solid game all around, and uh, to put up 25 points against what is arguably the number one or the number two, maybe number three defense in the league, uh, it's it's pretty good, right? You can hang your hat on that, and especially for a rookie starting quarterback and a rookie head coach, uh, I was impressed with what they did. Nonetheless, though, I mean, it'll it only gets chalked up to wins and loss at the end of the day, and they lost. San Francisco remains perfect, so good on them. <clears throat> Next up, uh, a game that, it to me was it was important for for one reason. Uh, I then the one reason is uh, so I, I'll start with what the game was. So it was Houston uh, at Jacksonville. The game played in London, and this was the kind of the final test for for Gardner Minshew to see if he'll keep that job when Nick Foles is slated to return after their bye week in Week Ten. So Week Eleven, Nick Foles is will be ready to participate. It was only a question of whether they'd want to put him in or whether they'd ride the hot hand of Gardner Minshew if he kept a hot hand. And for anyone who watched that game, he did not keep the hot hand. They lost 26-3. to And um, late in the game, when they were actually somewhat in the game, he committed, I think, four back-to-back-to-back-to-back turnovers. Two lost fumbles, two interceptions. One of those fumbles was to to end the game. I think it was the last play of the game. And um, just it, they were both crossing routes where it, it just looked like he, he he didn't have the right touch on the ball. And I think that him having that kind of negative performance right at the end when Nick Foles is becoming healthy, it just solidifies the fact that the Jags coaching staff can say, hey, okay, we're going to move back to Foles. And as most of you have probably seen by now, there's been reports Nick Foles is slated to start after the bye week in Week 11. So... It was a nice run for Minshew Mania. I know we had a lot of fun with it. Uh, he definitely put together some good performances, and uh, I don't think this will be the last we see of him. He'll definitely get a chance somewhere else, or maybe even in Jacksonville if uh, Foles gets hurt again. You never know, uh, but I think this is not the last of Minshew. We'll definitely be seeing him again at some point. Next up, we have the, uh, a game that was very solid, came down right to the end. We have the Minnesota Vikings that traveled to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Final score was KC 26, Minnesota 23, Harrison Buckter. Harrison Buckter played lights out. I think he had four field goals. And um, the thing that that really stood out to me was that not only did he hit four field goals, in K- including a game winner that I think was a 52-yarder. So to hit a 52-yard game winner is amazing in and of itself. But then when you hear that the, the Chiefs punter, who's uh, Dustin Colquitt or Brendan Colquitt, one of the Colquitts who's been there for quite a long time, said that the wins at Arrowhead that day were the craziest wins that he's ever experienced at Arrowhead in his whole career. And he's been there for a long time. So for the wins to be that wild and erratic and for you to hit four field goals, including a 52-yard game winner, uh, just shows that Harrison buckter has got that ice in his veins. Definitely a top performer this week. And uh, KC got the W without Mahomes, so that's a, a big win. And it definitely helps them keep track, um, keep that divisional lead right now that they have over some of those other teams in the AFC West. All right, next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts, who uh, went to Pittsburgh to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I marked that as a potential game of the week. That was a solid game. Um, In this game, there was a potential game-winning field goal, similar to the last game we talked about. Only in this game, it was Adam Minateri going to kick that field goal, who... He's widely considered to be one of the best to ever kick a football, but as of late, as we've talked about on the podcast, his age is really starting to show. Uh, he did he did hit a couple big kicks earlier in the game, but I believe he also missed an extra point in that game and he missed the potential game winning 44yard field goal um, and it not only did he miss it, but he hooked it maybe 20 yards wide left like it was it was a horrible kick um, but on another note in that same game, I mean, Pittsburgh is, is finding a way to they they seem like a team to me that I wouldn't want to play if I was an NFL head coach. Even though they don't have, excuse me, Big Ben, even though they're they're missing some talent in areas. They don't have Le'Veon Bell anymore, they don't have A B anymore, they're missing a lot of, of their talent that they've had as their core for the past few years. Despite that, they're finding ways to win. And I think the main thing is they're riding right the back of that defense. That defense has been lights out. When the Dolphins initially traded um, Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers for a first-round pick, I saw that as um, a pretty big win for the Dolphins because Minka Fitzpatrick was disgruntled. He was playing okay for the Dolphins, nothing too, too spectacular. But since he's been with the Steelers, I mean, I think it's been five games. He's already got four picks. And in this game, he had a 96-yard pick six off of, um, well, Jacoby Brissett was injured, so it was off of uh, Brian Hoyer. So, but to 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 return an interception ninety six yards to the house, it was uh, it was pretty cool to see. And I'm I'm not a I can be bitter. I will I will be honest with my Dolphins players, But for the most part, I'm happy when they when they go elsewhere and they perform well. So I was watching that game live, and to see him get that pick and run down the sidelines for a touchdown, uh, that was pretty cool. And it ended up being um, a tight game, so that definitely helped Pittsburgh uh, come away with the win. All right, next up. We have uh, we had the battle of two of the one of the two of the very good running backs in NFL history, Frank Gore and the Buffalo Bills against A. P. Adrian Peterson and the Washington Redskins. Uh, final score was Buffalo 24, Washington 9. Um, a. P. had a, a very big game. I believe he had over 100 yards rushing. Frank Gore uh, not so much of a big game. He was kind of leading. He was kind of taking the back seat to Devin Singletary, the rookie running back in Buffalo, who had over 100 yards. And uh, it was really cool just after the game to see uh, Frank Gore kind of tap a- AP on the shoulder and say, hey, listen, come talk to my rookie running back over here, Devin Singletary. And uh, then you see them kind of exchange words for a little bit, which it's really cool to see when, when veteran players, even if they're not on the same team, um, they kind of encourage that next generation. It, it really shows that, um, I mean, you see those commercials where it says football is family or in football is a brotherhood on NFL Network. And uh, sometimes you might roll your eyes, but when you see things like that, it really reinforces that, hey, maybe it really is a brotherhood, a family, football is family. So that was cool to see. Um, I'm a big fan of stuff like that. So, And Buffalo came away with the win, and uh, they're looking like a pretty hot team right now in that AFC wildcard race. All right, next up, we had Tennessee traveling to Carolina to play the Panthers. And in this game, the storyline is Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey balled out. He he remains in that kind of MVP conversation with uh, people like Russell Wilson, uh, even Lamar Jackson. After the way he played, we'll get to him. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I believe, had a hundred. I wrote it down here. Let me see. McCaffrey had 146 yards rushing and two touchdowns. He also had three catches for 20 yards and a receiving touchdown. Played lights out football. Uh, And on the same note of Carolina, it's been uh, noted now that Cam Newton's out for the year, been placed on IR with that nagging foot injury. Um, But but another another kind of note, another thing on the note of uh, football being family. So I I read another report today too that had uh, mentioned Kyle Allen praising how supportive Cam Newton has been since he's been injured and since Kyle Allen's been the starter. So it it would have been very easy, and I don't think anyone would have would have batted an eye if Cam Newton kind of just reserved to himself. And, man, I'm hurt. I'm, I'm usually the starter. This guy's stepped into my role. He's doing his thing. But he hasn't done that. He hasn't been sulking. He's been encouraging Kyle Allen, helping him in any way he can. And it just shows maturity from Cam Newton's part. And, um, I mean, I hope a lot of people are saying that they think they we might not see him in the Carolina Panthers uniform again, given that he'll be out for the year and Kyle Allen's a good I'm not sure if that's true. I hope it's not because I'm a big fan of Cam Newton. Uh, but even if he doesn't play for the Panthers again, I hope he lands on his feet somewhere else and, and is able to uh, land a starting job and uh, be successful. All right, next up, another potential game of the week. And uh, honestly, you know what? I'm just going to crown this one game of the week right now because it was that good. Uh, it was the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers traveling to Seattle to play the Seahawks. This game needed an extra quarter and we needed overtime. And the final score was Seattle 40, Tampa Bay 34. Uh, All the big players kind of did what you would have expected them to do. Russell Wilson had five touchdown passes uh, for the Seahawks. And then on the Buccaneers side, Mike Williams had 180 yards receiving. Uh, Jameis Winston played a pretty good game too. And honestly, it just came down to who had the ball last in overtime. And that happened to be the Seahawks. They drove the field. Uh, Jacob Hollister, shout out to him, the tight end slash fullback for the Seahawks they just picked up. Had two touchdowns, including the game winner. So that was a to me it was a very good game to watch. Tyler Lockett also had over 100 yards. DK Metcalf had over 100 yards receiving. So it's it's always nice when you watch those those big kind of marquee games and the big players show up in those big games. It's one thing for for a, a, an exciting game to happen when kind of no name players step up and make big plays, but it's another thing when when a guy like Julio goes for 150, or Odell goes for 125 and, and two touchdowns, like I, I don't know about other people, but for me, it's just kind of validating to see, like, yeah, yeah, that's why we, that's why we look at that guy as as being one of those elite players, and and they go out and they show it. So that was one of those games for me. Uh, definitely gonna be my game of the week for this week. Seattle 40, Tampa Bay 34. <clears throat> Next up, another good game. This this week was really good, to be honest. And picking a game of the week. If it wasn't for that Tampa Bay Seattle game, there was a lot of other games where I kind of thought, man, this was this was a really solid game. And speaking of which, we had Detroit traveling to Oakland. They're both teams that their records aren't that great, but they're both teams that have showed a lot of potential. So Detroit has has had good games. They've been explosive on offense. Matthew Stafford's been having a somewhat good year. He's had his he's had his his times, and uh, Derek Carr, same kind of idea. Josh Jacobs, though, is really uh, what sells me that offense for the Oakland Raiders. But anyway, the final score was 31 for Oakland, 24 for Detroit. And um, like I said, Josh Jacobs had a good game. And um, it was just cool to see that, um, that Oakland was able to get back on track. I kind of expected them to. I think I predicted them to win in uh, last week's recap. And uh, they came through. One touchdown win. And uh, Oakland moves back into the win column. Hopefully they can keep that going. I think they played the Chargers on Thursday night. All right. Next up, Green Bay finally came back down to earth. They lost 26-11 to 11 to a Chargers team who was previously struggling. So I think that's a game that surprised a lot of people in the pool. I think maybe one or two people picked the Chargers versus 30 or so people picking Green Bay. And um, it, was really, it was interesting to see how stagnant that offense was. And I think the main reason for that was the pass rush. So the pass rush of the Chargers having Melvin Ingram on one side, Joey Bosa on the other side. And then there were certain times where I actually saw them put them both on the same side, with one of them being an interior lineman and one of them being the edge rusher. Uh, so they they definitely moved those guys around. Joey Bosa wreaks havoc. Melvin Ingram wreaks havoc. They both had big games with sacks. Um, and it, it j- just showed that When Aaron Rodgers was pressured like that, their O-line was breaking down. He wasn't able to complete his passes. And um, they they only came away with 11 points, and they lost to a struggling Chargers team. So anyone can be beat. And speaking of anyone being beat, the New England Patriots. New England Patriots. This is one that I did not see coming, I'll be honest. So the Sunday night game, New England traveled to Baltimore. They were previously undefeated. And unfortunately for New England, I'm smiling. I can't even contain my my excitement at this loss. But they lost 37 to 20 to Lamar Jackson, who ran all over the New England defense. Um, this defense had been historically good go- coming into this game. Points allowed, yards allowed, turnovers. They they were scoring. More points on defense, and some teams were scoring on offense. I might be exaggerating there, so don't, don't look that up. I might be, I might be boosting. But at any rate, they were putting up crazy numbers on defense. But what a lot of people had been mentioning, and that that I also noticed, is that they kind of had a, they have a backloaded schedule, meaning that the beginning of their schedule they played Miami, they played, uh, they played the the Jets, I believe. They they, they played a couple weak teams, so it, it's easier to look good against those weak teams. Nonetheless, they still did look good. Not so good against Lamar Jackson uh, and the Baltimore Ravens. I believe they gave up just over 200 yards rushing. So big day for Lamar, uh, who was putting putting that defense on skates, to be quite honest. And then on the defensive side, Baltimore looked lights out as well. Earl Thomas had an interception. Marlon Humphrey had a big scoop and score touchdown. So that defense uh, definitely definitely put the work on, and uh, so did the offense. And New England fell first loss. So last undefeated team is now San Francisco. And since Miami won, the only winless team is now Cincinnati. So only two teams that are uh, that are perfect or horrible. So maybe not, maybe not perfect or horrible, but perfect or winless, I'll say. All right, and last but not least, we had the Monday night game in which the Dallas Cowboys traveled to New York to play the Giants. Uh, it seems like those two teams are always playing in primetime games for whatever reason. I guess it's because of the history that they have and just two-storied franchises. And uh, But unfortunately, the... Let me, I shouldn't say unfortunately. Sorry about that. So Dallas came away with a the win. They won 37-18. to 18. Uh, Dak Prescott had a pretty solid game. Uh, there were times where he was, was struggling a little bit. And uh, I, I'm one of those people that still isn't fully sold on the Dak Prescott train. Uh, he's looking for a big contract. If I was Jerry Jones, I mean... I definitely want to give him a contract because he's a good player. He can win you games, as we've seen. But if we're talking about making him the highest paid or even in the top five of highest paid, I don't think Dak Prescott's a top five quarterback. That's just me. We'll see if he ends up getting paid what he wants. But uh, I know he's seeking that, that kind of top dog money. I don't know if he's worth it. But nonetheless, he got the win. So this week on the bye, there was Los Angeles Rams, New Orleans Saints. So Drew Brees got some more time to heal that hand uh, and thumb. Atlanta Falcons and the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Time for my favorite segment. We got the shitong of the week. So this one uh, was a little tough. I was torn between two guys. Um, and actually, the, who who's going to end up winning the award? It's funny. They, they weren't even... They're not going to win this award based off of their on-field... Play. They're gonna win the award off of something that I just saw on NFL Network. So, first, I'll give you the two guys I was torn between. So the first one was Adam Vinatieri, who uh, he was one for two on um, on PATs. He blocked one of them was blocked, and a lot of people might look at that and say, "Oh, well, it's not his fault. It was blocked." But if you watch the the replay, he kicked that extra point extremely low. Uh, you, you should never be able to block an extra point if there's not a crazy amount of pressure. Unless you kick the ball really low. The guy just stuck his, stuck his hand up and was able to block it. So I've, I've still put that one on Benetieri. And then as we mentioned before, he missed the potential game-winning 44-yard field goal. That was way wide. All right. And then the next potential one that I had uh, thought about, I was torn between him and Benetieri. It was Minshew, who also, as we mentioned, had no touchdowns, two interceptions, two lost fumbles late in the game. And uh, has now been announced to be relegated to the backup role for Nick Foles, but neither of them are going to win Shitong of the Week this week. So Shitong of the Week this week is going to go to Mitchell Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, you might be asking why. So what I read, or not read, what I saw just recently on NFL Network, uh, Mitch Trubisky was asked by a reporter how they block out how they block out the noise and um, some of the negative things that might be said about them as a team and him personally and their offense. And uh, he kind of gave he gave a really a really odd answer, in my opinion. He had said that he's urging his teammates in uh, the locker room to turn off TVs and to not listen and not watch NFL Network and what people are saying about them. And um, I don't know if Trubisky is from this year or this era but it's it's not all about the locker rooms and the t the, the tvs in the locker room all these guys have smartphones they probably all follow nfl on instagram they probably all follow uh, or watch nfl when they go home and they're in their houses turning off the tvs in the locker room is not going to do anything except for get some guys angry that might want to watch that stuff when they're in the locker room so to me that's a pretty shitong behavior to think to be that naive to think that oh if I just turn off the TVs in the locker room we're not going to hear anything that anyone says I also find it a bit weak that you have to insulate yourself and your team that much because you're what are you too fragile to sorry what are you too fragile to handle what people are saying about you like you can't can't handle a little bit of criticism clearly he hasn't been able to so far because they just lost this past week but um I don't think that's the solution you're looking for, Trubisky. No TVs. I think the solution you should be looking for is passing the ball more accurately and making better decisions in games. So Mitch Trubisky, you're my shit-tongue of the week. Congratulations. Uh, Keep those TVs off. All right. We're going to do a couple shout-outs too. So first one's got to go to my squad. Miami Dolphins got their first win. So that's the first shout-out. Second shout-out was another one that I've mentioned Mika Fitzpatrick had his ninety-six yard uh, pick six, uh, which led to led to the the uh, led to the uh, Steelers winning the game. Big play for him. Next up, Russell Wilson, who we mentioned had five touchdowns, three hundred seventy-eight yards passing, uh, a near perfect day, and a win in overtime. And another person who we, we talked about briefly, Christian McCaffrey. His team had a big win, and he had a lot to do with that. He had 146 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, and then he added three catches for 20 yards and a receiving touchdown. He also has three rushing touchdowns of over 50 yards a season, which is pretty ridiculous. And I think that uh, I was reading that the next closest people that no one, no one else even has two. So he's the only person with multiple 50-plus yard rushing touchdowns this season. Uh, he's putting on a clinic. He's second in the league in rushing behind. Dalvin Cook, who uh, who's also doing quite a bit of work. But uh, Christian McCaffrey has been amazing so far. I can't wait to see how he finishes the year. All right. Last but not least, we're going to do some predictions. So for Week 10, the Thursday night game, uh, let me just start off by saying that I think that Week Week 9 was a great week. I think that Week 10 is going to be even better. When I was doing my predictions earlier I was going through and and putting stars for Game of the Week. I came up with one, two, three, four, five stars. Usually I only put about two or three, sometimes one. But uh, this week there's five potential games of the week. So uh, I'm I'm really excited and looking forward to what happens this weekend. Uh, I really can't wait. So we'll get right into it. So Thursday we got the Chargers playing Oakland. Two teams that were previously struggling, but they both have just come off wins. So something's got to give. Who's going to go back to their losing ways? Who's going to stay hot? In this one, I'm going to go with Oakland because they're playing at home. Uh, I also, I don't trust the the Chargers enough yet. Uh, I trust Oakland a little bit more just because of the fact that um, they have a more solid running game. Josh Jacobs has been very consistent even when the, the Raiders are losing. Whereas if you look at the Chargers in terms of their run game, uh, it picked up in their win last week against the Packers, for sure. Melvin Gordon had a good game, shout out to him. But uh, before that, they had been pretty putrid running the ball. So I think something's got to give, and I think that Oakland will continue to run the rock properly, and the Chargers will probably revert back. So I think that Oakland's going to come away with a win in this one. Next up, KC at Tennessee. I'm going to go with KC in this one. I think Mahomes will be back. So if he's back, that's definitely going to be a KC win. Even without him, I think that uh, I think Matt Moore has shown that he's more than capable of leading his team to a victory. So either way, I'm going to go with KC in this one against Tennessee. Next up, Baltimore at Cincinnati. I'm going to pick a big upset here and go with. No, I'm just kidding. I can't. Even, I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, Baltimore. I'm going to go with Baltimore in this one. Uh, Cincinnati hasn't won. They're coming off a bye, but uh, nonetheless, they they have not looked good in any phase of the of the game. Baltimore is looking good coming off beating an undefeated team Baltimore is going to roll in this one next up our first actually not our our second star so the Chargers versus Oakland I had a star potential game of the week but I forgot to mention that so second potential game of the week uh, we have Buffalo traveling to Cleveland to play the Browns so this game it's very tough because I've been burned by Cleveland multiple times, so anyone who's been watching consistently can attest that. I picked Cleveland multiple times this year; they've only won twice. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one more time on that bandwagon of Cleveland. I think they're gonna come away with a win. They're playing at home. I know they haven't won at home yet. That's gotta end at some point. Maybe, hopefully. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna go with Cleveland in this one, and the main reason for that is the return of Kareem Hunt. So not that and I mean Nick Chubb has been fantastic I believe he's fourth in the league right now in rushing um, but if anytime you add a player like Kareem hunt back into your lineup uh, it'll be interesting to see how much they use him to be honest because he's he hasn't played in eight weeks um, but it'll anytime you add a player of that caliber back into your lineup you're gonna you're gonna have a return on uh, investment so we'll see what what uh, Cleveland's able to do with uh, that double-headed dragon of uh, Kareem hunt and having Um, Nick Chubb in the backfield but I think they're going to come away with a win over Buffalo next up Arizona versus Tampa Bay Uh, this one was tough for me to call just because Arizona did just play well against San Francisco almost did enough to beat them Uh, and Tampa Bay has also looked pretty good recently they almost beat Seattle it took them to overtime Uh, but in this one I'm going to go with Tampa Bay uh, just because of the fact that Mike Mike Evans and um Mike Evans and um, Jameis Winston's connection has been pretty spot on. Uh, There's been a couple games this year where they've looked a little bit shaky. And in those games, Chris Godwin's kind of picked up the slap, their second receiver. But uh, I think that in this game, it's definitely going to come down to Mike Evans making a couple big plays. Uh, I'm really excited to see him go head-to-head with Patrick Peterson. I assume Patrick Peterson will shadow him all day long, follow him wherever he goes. uh, And that'll be definitely one of those matchups that I'm excited to watch. (laughs) All right, next up, we have the battle of the two New York teams, the Jets versus the Giants. Um, Technically a home game for the Jets, but, I mean, they're both, they play out of the same stadium. So, Uh, in this one, I'm going to go with the Giants. Uh, I mean, the Jets just lost to Miami, so not not sure how confident I can be in them. Sam Darnold, he's been seeing ghosts. He saw a couple ghosts against Miami. Uh, Anyone who watched that game, uh, you probably saw that interception he threw where he was about to get sacked and he just kind of put the ball into his other hand and shot put it up in the air and said Jesus take the wheel uh, and actually a Dolphins player took the wheel took the pick so I'm going to go with the Giants in this one I think Saquon's going to have a a breakout game because last game against Dallas he, uh, he had a kind of a slow showing and I think that kind of That He took that to heart, especially because he was going against uh, Ezekiel Elliott and it was hyped up as, oh, who's going to have more rushing yards, a battle of two stud running backs. I think that's that's probably weighing on him a little bit. He's going to get a chance to play the other New York team, and I think he's going to go off and have a huge game, and the Giants will roll to a win. Next up, Detroit at Chicago. Uh, I'm going to go with Detroit in this one. And uh, the main reason for that being that if Chicago wants to turn off all the TVs, they can't really watch film. If you can't watch film, you're not going to be able to prepare properly for the week. No, I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, uh, I, I don't see Trubisky as a, as a good enough quarterback at this point, honestly. And Stafford has looked very good. So I'm going to go with Detroit in this one, even though it's in Chicago. <clears throat> Next up, a pretty easy one to pick Atlanta traveling to New Orleans. Uh, Drew Brees coming off the bye. Sean Payton has been on point with his play calling. Um, I think that New Orleans will definitely roll to a win in this one. But on a side note in that game, uh, speaking before about um, Patrick Peterson and Mike Evans' matchup, another matchup that I'm looking forward to, even though I think it'll be kind of a runaway, will be Atlanta's Julio Jones against uh, New Orleans' Marshawn Lattimore. I'm hoping that Lattimore will travel with him. He has in the past when they played each other. And they've, they've had some, some pretty good battles, so I'm, I'm hoping to see another one tomorrow. And uh, the fact that Atlanta should be behind most of the game means that there'll be a lot of throwing. Hopefully a lot of targets for Julio, and hopefully a lot of those will be against Marshawn Lattimore. We'll see who wins the matchup, wins the day. Alright, moving on. Miami Dolphins coming off their first win, going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. And I'm going to go with Indianapolis. Miami had their fun, but uh, now they're going on the road to play uh, a much superior sound football team in Indianapolis. And uh, Indianapolis should roll. Uh, It'll be interesting to see whether or not Jacoby Brissett is healthy enough to play. Um, If he doesn't play and they have to start Hoyer, uh, that might be a little bit more of an interesting game. But uh, if he plays, I think that they'll definitely roll to a win. All right, next up we got three... We got three potential games of the week back-to-back-to-back that we'll talk about. So the first one is Green Bay hosting Carolina. Uh, That'll be a good game for sure. Um, The main reason, I think, is because Green Bay is coming off of a loss. So Aaron Rodgers is a very competitive guy. He's the type that, if he's coming off a loss, he's definitely not happy about it. So him coming back to his home crowd to play in a big game against Carolina, I think that there's going to be fireworks. That offense is going to be clicking. Aaron Rodgers is going to be in one of those modes. And uh, in this game, I think that he's going to roll to a win. Uh, Carolina, don't sleep on them, though. They're definitely going to put up some points. They're going to have a good game. Watch out for Christian McCaffrey. But in the end, I think uh, Green Bay is going to have the better day, and they're going to come away with the win. Next up, Minnesota at Dallas. I've started that as a potential game of the week, too. Uh, this game, is it was hard for me to call. And to be honest, on my sheet here, I haven't even wrote in a winner yet. Uh, it, it's tough to say because Minnesota has looked very good, even though they just lost to Kansas City. Uh, they have looked good in weeks past, and Dallas has they could can turn it on anytime, especially at home. So, but in this game, I think that my gut is telling me to go with Minnesota, and uh, the main reason I think that my gut is telling me that is because of the way I feel about Dak Prescott. Uh, if you've watched the podcast, you know how I feel about Kirk Cousins uh, at the same time, where he doesn't perform that well against winning teams. But uh, I think that he'll be able to get it done. If you lean on that running game with Dalvin Cook, the leading rusher in the NFL, if you lean on the, the, the talent of your receivers and Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, I think that Minnesota should be able to, uh, to get a win in this game. <clears throat> and the last potential game of the week, the Monday night game, Seattle at San Francisco. This game, for me, is my game of the week. This game is going to be amazing. So San Francisco is the last undefeated team. They're 8-0. Seattle, I believe, is 5-2 or 6-2. This game, to me, has everything you could want. It's got an MVP candidate in, in uh, Russell Wilson. It's got great defense on the 49ers. It's got pretty good defense for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. you got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, uh, Joey, or Nick Bosa on the 49ers. It's got stars. It's got good offense, good defense. I think it's going to be a high-scoring fair. I'm very excited to watch it. And when I when I initially was thinking of who I was going to pick, uh, I wanted to lean towards Seattle because of the fact that oh, everyone loses sometime. But to be honest, maybe San Francisco might be a team that doesn't. I might, I might be out of line here saying that. I, they might have a loss later on in the season. But at this point, I'm going to go with San Francisco. I think that they're going to come away with a W. And I think it's going to come down to a last play. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make something happen. Uh, but I think that uh, definitely, definitely, if you if you want to tune into any of these games, that's the game to watch this week. Se- Seattle at San Francisco. And one game I just realized that I skipped over. <coughs> Excuse me. The Los Angeles Rams traveling to Pittsburgh to play the uh, Steelers. And this game for me was another hard one to pick because the Rams, uh, they have... A very high ceiling they have a, a quarterback who's shown flashes and who has played very well in, in some games in Jared Goff they have Todd Gurley who when he's healthy which he hasn't been is one of the top running backs in the league they have defensive studs Dante Fowler Aaron Donald uh, they have guys in the back end like LaMarcus Joyner um, but at the same time we've seen them struggle when they when they Sometimes McVeigh will make bad decisions. They'd underutilize players like Gurley. Granted, that might be because he's hurt, but we've seen them struggle. And then Pittsburgh is a team who doesn't have their starting quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. They're missing weapons all over the field, but they've been relying on that defense and they've been coming away with wins that people didn't expect them to get. So this one was a tough one to call for me, and the fact that it's in Pittsburgh. But nonetheless, I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, I haven't seen anything about Gurley's injury recently, so that tells me that he should play and hopefully have a big game. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Rams in that one. On the bye week this week, we have Philadelphia, New England, Washington, Denver, Jacksonville, and Houston. So uh, if you're a fan of those teams, sit back and just enjoy the week. So I want to thank everyone for tuning into this episode of the Triple S Podcast. I'm Brandon Smith, your host. And keep in mind, we have an NBA episode coming out on Monday, So I'll have Jackson, uh, not Jackson Bennett, sorry. We'll have Jordan Branker, Scott Mayer's on then. And we'll be talking about NBA, all things basketball. They'll talk about their stories. Should be a good one. So again, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you soon. Take care. Yeah. This be a life, no gimmick.